0: All right. Yo, yo, yo. Just chats. Back at it again um, with a guest that I'm actually very, very happy to have on the, uh, the episode today. So I've listened to him quite a bit. Um, guest, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Just tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Hey, mate. Um, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Look, I'm a personal trainer, online coach from or living in Melbourne now. Um. Been in been in the industry now since two thousand sub two thousand and um, fourteen. Oh, as in my juniors, kind of grew up playing football and basketball in Country Victoria. Loved the strength training side of things, and um, and then eventually kind of turned it into a career uh, after an injury, kind of towards the end of two thousand and thirteen. Went full time into um, into the health and fitness industry, and then have just kind of continued. Moving forward and kind of pushing, uh, pushing on since then. So yeah, like I said, personal training and strength and strength and conditioning in person. Um, I got an online coaching business as well, which I've been running now for since about two thousand and sixteen. Uh, and then my own podcast as well, which which has been we've just clocked up over three hundred episodes. So <laughs> a few years on the podcast as well. Um, yeah, mate, that's that's probably all there is to know about me, mate.
0: All right. so we'll go right back to your childhood. So, um, go tell us about your schooling experience, like your primary school experience and your high school experience. And, um, do you think that's important? Like, how, how did you go throughout school? Were you like under the radar or did you, uh, were you a bit of a skug?
1: Um, I, in school, I didn't necessarily enjoy it. Um, I, I, I loved hanging out with my mates and looking back on it now is it actually a lot of fun. But, uh, academically, I was kind of always just in the middle, I'd say, like, I, I wasn't doing poorly um, but I definitely wasn't like at the top of the class or anything like that I kind of just did what I needed to do to to get through Um, most things that I'm trying to put my hand like you know put my my effort towards I I go all in so I wouldn't necessarily say that particularly through VCE I I, I put in as much effort as what I probably could have but um, you know I did enough to make sure that I got a a good enough score to to get into the uni courses I wanted to get into, which in the end, in you know, in hindsight, I didn't really use anyway. Um, I didn't end up going to to university eventually, but um, yeah, I don't know. Through primary school, secondary school, loved my sport. Probably prioritised hanging out with mates and playing sport um, more than the academic side of things. I never really, even now, like I education wise, I learn my I learn best through things like audio and and video. Um, and then just real life experience, not so much the theory side of things, like reading and 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 studying. I was never really that great at studying, um, and even now, like, there's plenty of things that I would I would probably in, enjoy to to learn. Like um, my partner, she's she's um, studying neuroscience at the moment um, yeah. through uni, and and like that that type of thing really interests me. But I just couldn't never see myself doing it purely because of the fact that you know sitting down and studying and sitting into one spot and and doing all this theory and and all that type of stuff just isn't really my style um which is uh, probably the reason why i've enjoyed podcasting so much and and why i enjoy posting content on social media and stuff is because it's just an easy way for me to portray the message i'm trying to get across um in a way that suits my style of of learning and and um relaying my message as well so yeah, like I said, sport was my main focus up until up until I finished up basketball. There really was no alternative for me. It was um, you know I was going to be playing professional basketball, and that was all. yep. that was all that was on my mind. Um, I love footy. Uh, you know, looking back at it now, I miss footy more than I miss basketball. But I always played footy as well. But prior, the priority for me um, was basketball. Um, all of my time, effort, energy, everything physically and mentally went into basketball i was just obsessed and um and yeah that's that it just consumed me um so so throughout my schooling outside of being at school i was um most likely on a basketball court
0: so to take it back to your school did the teachers ever really like approach you to say like your learning style is more of a a doing and an experience thing or were they like would you get punished for having to sit and do the theory like you know, you didn't want to be there. So how did the teachers approach you in that sort of situation?
1: Not so much. Like I said, I I think because I, I one of my stronger points is, is I guess hard work and doing the work that I need to do and and not having to be forced to do something. So like, I, I don't really, I'm not the type of person that needs to be pushed along and needs the encouragement and kind of needs to be motivated by someone else to do what needs to be done. Like I just get shit done. So In school, I didn't necessarily enjoy it, but if I had an assignment, if I had an exam or whatever, I would just make myself do the study and do the work to get it done. So I never really fell far behind or anything like that to the point where it was worrying or or got got the attention of teachers as to say like you know what's going on Um, but I guess probably when you look at the subjects that I chose and the subjects that I did well in they were the ones that were more hands-on so obviously PE was one that I enjoyed but things like outdoor education and stuff like that anything where I could actually practically put the education to use for me was was more enjoyable and, and I seemed to excel a bit more at but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't something they picked up on. And and you know, this is not really some an area that I'm in, like education in terms of schooling, but looking back at it now, I think it'd be I think there'd be a lot of people that would benefit more from learning in their preferred style compared to the typical school system. Um, there's a lot of things that I I just, you know, you know, maths and stuff like that. I mean, yes, it's uh it's essential that you learn all these things, but fuck, I've never used a Pythag- Pythagoras theorem in my whole entire life, or yeah, I've never, yeah. never, never done any of that shit with. You know, obviously I use numbers and stuff like that with accounting and and to and to run a business. But it would have been fantastic if if um, the schooling system was able to teach us a bit more about, you know, especially things along the lines of finance and running your business. And it was probably my fault for not choosing things like business management and stuff like that at school. But just simple things like learning how to um, how tax works, how GST works, how, how to invest money, how to save money properly, super, all these type of things. Um, that's what I, if I could go back, I would have chosen my subjects a lot differently and chosen ones that have actually been, would have been a benefit to me um, now. Um, but yeah, so to answer your question, it wasn't really an issue. Um, but looking back at it, I think now that I know how I do learn best, I probably would have taken a bit of a different approach, I think.
0: Do you see um like many kids like growing up now like how they're going through school and what the issues they're facing is that something that you really have noticed like do you think that it's like from when you went to school to now that it's it's better or worse
1: mate I I honestly wouldn't have a clue um it's probably not something that I that I keep an eye on as much I've got some really good friends who are who are teachers um And you know, I was talking to a few of them about it a while ago and about how they approach their teaching that with their kids and stuff like that. And I think it all comes down to not only the school system, but your teacher as well. So it's got to work both ways. Like if you're, if you're a student in school, you're probably not going to be the one that's putting their hand up saying, uh, fuck this, I don't really want to do any textbook work today. I'd rather learn by listening to someone talk or go and watch a video. Yep. It's not really the student's choice. Um, so you're not really in a position to just tell the teacher what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. to work the opposite way. So I think as a teacher, the teachers have a pretty important um, role to play in regards to being able to notice that, is being able to pick up on how students um learn best um it's typically it's very similar to like a coach working with an athlete you need to be able to figure out how an athlete responds best is it being absolutely drilled and 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 given heavy criticism all the time or is it an approach where they need to be you know handled a little bit with a bit more care or given given ways that are challenging them in different ways compared to you know one athlete compared to the other so school-wise I'm really not 100% sure, but uh, I'm sure that'll continue to improve over time. But I think it's definitely been talked about a lot more now anyway, particularly with entrepreneurs and and people that are doing quite well, you know, use a, a very uh, obvious answer such as someone like Gary Vee, like he taught, he's pretty outspoken on the fact that the schooling system isn't for everyone. Um, the typical schooling system doesn't work for, for everyone. Um, so whether or not that ever changes, I I'm not too sure. But like I said, it's not really my area of expertise so i kind of don't don't worry about it too much
0: yeah all right man um so like you were saying you're a a personal trainer is there anything that you wish you knew before that you took that up as your career like is there anything that someone said okay this is this is basically what's going to happen or these clients are going to do this is there just one piece of advice that you wish you got before you started to almost make it not easier but to get your mind set ready to take on that job
1: there's planning there's there's so much um a few of the probably the main main ones or the more important ones i think would be um firstly that it's just going to take a lot longer than than you expect um so you know time and patience is just so super important when you're starting out because i think the expectation is it's going to be easy and you're going to pick up a lot of clients really quickly and you're going to have a really big uh, a busy business really quickly as a personal trainer for majority of people it's just not the case so understanding that patience is really um, important also understanding how important it is to find your niche and not coming into the industry and trying to be the jack of all trades. It's like rocking up to, I don't know, what's any good, what's a good example, but it's just like trying to do, you know, fitness is a very, very, very broad, um, topic, very broad, uh, Area of expertise. So you can't just come in as a personal trainer and think that you're going to be able to cater for absolutely everyone. Yep. Even though, in the end of the day, people who are trying to go from point A to point B, the way you do that, the methods they choose to do that are all completely different. So my business started to do well once I figured out what I enjoyed most, what I was better at. And then I started to target all of my content, all of my marketing, all of my actual work and time and effort into mastering those things and yeah. and turning away clients and turning away people who weren't aligned, aligned with that. At the start, I was doing anything and everything. I was training anyone who wanted to train at any time of the day. Literally would take anything I could get because at the time I wanted to be busy. I wanted to grow my business. And you know, I think it is important at the start to, to try your hand at a few different things and, and understand what you like and what you're good at, what you may not be good at. But The sooner you can figure out what you want to do and then be really disciplined and strict in sticking, staying in your lane, I think the better it is. Because if you can get exceptionally good at at a a very niche market, then the likelihood of you getting busy is a lot higher. Because if you can be extremely good at that, then all, all of your marketing, all your business can be in the one lane. So that when someone comes to, you know, let's say, for example, strength training for females, if that's all you focus on, then when someone's trying to find a strength coach and they're a female, they're going to be a lot more likely to come across your content compared to if you're just posting shit left, right and center, like mm-hmm. boxing, circuit classes, boot camps, yoga, Pilates, all this different type of stuff. If you're posting too much different stuff and you're not focusing on one thing, then you're never really going to be, uh, you're never going to be an authority in, in any type of specific area, if that makes any sense. So yeah, patience is massive. I would, would, again, I would, I would learn a lot more about the business side of things because I made plenty of mistakes in regards to finances and in regards to running the actual business side of things. Yeah. um, As a business owner, Um, and then I would find my niche super, super early, and then just really get strict with that, and be, and and be even more patient. Like, be okay with with turning clients away or be okay with not being busy for a while um, and not trying to go for a quick sale. Like I've always stuck to my message and not tried to get the quick fix and a quick sale, but I did waste a lot of time um, trying to please everyone instead of just focusing on what I wanted to do um, and then getting extremely good at it to the point where people are coming to me. So now to give you an example, like apart from the fact that I put out content every day and I have a podcast and stuff, I don't do any direct marketing to try and attain new personal training clients.
0: Yep. They come to you.
1: I rely, I rely on being a a leader in my industry and I rely on being um, an authority by providing valuable content to as many people as I can so that when someone needs help, they think of me and they actually come to me, which is what you want. You don't want to be actively always trying to seek out new clients because that's when you start to make desperate moves and that's when you start to, to do unnecessary things to try and get clients. When in actual fact, you want them coming to you, asking you how, how they can work with you, Um, which takes time. And that's another thing. It's just people expect to become a personal trainer and be busy straight away. And that it's a really easy lifestyle. It's, it's fucking hard. And if you don't like it and you know, if you're not super passionate about it, if it's not something that you absolutely love and it's not something that you're willing to fucking literally struggle with for a long time and do all the hard yards, then it's just not going to happen. So if you're expecting it to be easy, Um, You know, everyone wants to hear like, oh, it's easy. You just got to follow this step, these steps, do this, this short course or follow this really simple thing and you'll get busy. It's unfortunately, doesn't work like that. You've got to put in the work. I've been doing this, like I said, and I'm still only like quite young. So I've been doing this since 2014 consistently and, you know, 2021 now, and I'm still not where I want to be Mm -hmm. business wise. But the reason I am where I am is because I've been so consistent. So for me, it's just a matter of rinse and repeat, just continuing to be consistent over time and keep doing all the, the necessary things that I know need to be done to it, to get to the point where I am happy with where I'm at.
0: Fully agree. Yeah. I, I'm a big advocate of consistency compound. So there were some absolute gems right there. And I'm actually going to tie in the next question with something that you said there. So what is like the main common myth about your profession that you just want to debunk? Like people say, oh, personal trainers that just go in, smash out and it's all done. What's, what's just the, the myth that you just go, nah, that's bullshit. So I'm, I'm a teacher. So um, yep. a lot of people say, oh yeah, you, you don't earn your holidays. You get like seven weeks. Then you're the like, man, mm. fuck off. you've got to plan like a yeah, whole yeah, year. Yeah. It's just, they just don't get it. So what's, what's that thing for being a, a trainer?
1: Yeah, there's a couple, but the two, the two that stand out the most is firstly, like I've already touched on, people think that it's going to be easy that you, once you get qualified, that all you got to do is rock up, train a few clients, earn a heap of cash and, and it's a simple lifestyle. It's easy. It's really not. And the second thing is that, that, you know, once you finish your personal training course, that that's it, like you're qualified and then you're good to go. All you got to do is just turn up and train people from then on. Mm. The education, the learning side of things never stops. And there are an absurd amount of shit trainers out there and that's not trying <laughs> to have a goal at anyone. It's not trying to, you know, this is not me being arrogant or me putting people down or whatever. It's just the truth because, and the reason for that is because people do their personal training course, which I think at the moment is just far too easy to get qualified for anyway. And then once they become a trainer, like a lot of people with many things, they think that the work's done and then that's it. So they go out, they never upskill. They, they, they just they don't put any thought to what they're doing. They're just giving you know the same program to all of their clients. They're not really, they're not personalizing the the experience with their the clients. So like I'm continually trying to learn new things. I'm I'm going to seminars. I'm I think the bit, you know, this is a, a bit off topic, I guess, but the best investment that you'll ever make is in yourself. So I'm constantly trying to reinvest money into learning. So um, learning from industry leaders, going to seminars, um, reading research, research papers, um, watching videos online, you know, in my spare time, reading books um, about my craft, like just constantly trying to, to learn and, and evolve so that I can continue to, to become a better trainer because in the end of the day, people are paying me for a result. So I want to be able to, to get my client from where they are to where they want to be in the most effective way possible Every time, because if I'm not doing that, then who gives a shit how many followers you got on Instagram? Who cares how long you've been a trainer for, what gym you work at, what you look like, if you're male or female, it doesn't, none of that shit matters if you can't actually get your client a result. So yeah. in the end of the day, that's what you're there for. That's what someone's paying you for. So I just want to make sure that I'm the best at what I do. And to do that, you need to continually learn and evolve and it's never ending, it's never ending. So like I said, once you've, once you're qualified, that's all well and good but it's just the beginning like all the all the hard work is still yet to come.
0: Awesome man. All right, this is where the uh, the questions start to get a little bit deeper. Yeah. We'll, we'll start off here. So, what shit just doesn't work?
1: Fuck, I don't know if we've got enough time. Um <laughs> mate, there's uh what shit doesn't work? in regards to what like training nutrition anything or anything you've
0: learned in life. So a big one that most people say is excuses or lying to yourself. Like what have you found oh, okay. personally? Just, just does not work.
1: Um, just not being authentic. I think, you
0: know,
1: not being authentic and, and chasing the, I guess trying to fit in or trying to just do what's popular at the moment just doesn't work. So, particularly now with social media you see so many people who are just uh i'm trying to think of the word for it. i'm horrible i'm i have a horrible memory memory and i also can never think of the word that i'm trying to think of to explain what i'm trying to say uh, but just not authentic so like people are out there almost just like plagiarizing other people's stuff because they've seen it online and they see one thing and they see this person doing well or they see that this person's getting results so they think you know they confuse correlation with causation. So they just think because they're doing this, that's what that's what matters most. So, well, that's what works. And that's the only thing that works. So now I'm going to go and do that and tell everyone this is what it is. Even though I have actually no idea what the fuck I'm talking about and and just hope for the best. So not being authentic is is a huge one. Not following, like just not having no accountability towards yourself or towards others. So, so many people out there just talk, 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 but never follow through with what they're doing. So whether it's, Telling yourself you're going to set out to achieve a goal and never following through with it, whether it's promising other people things and never never sticking to your word, these are things that I just think are just it's a bad quality to have and, and it just happens so often. Mm-hmm. Um, mate, I don't know. There's just so much there's so much you could talk about there. There's there's plenty of things that don't work.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, nah, that, that's all good, man. All right, we'll tie it into the next one. So have you had a light bulb moment? And what I mean by that is when did things just start to make sense? So for me, I came back from America and I just saw like what I was being showed on the media and stuff like that just didn't line up with what I actually experienced. So is there just one moment or have there been many moments or it hasn't, it hasn't happened yet, but when did things just start to like go, Oh shit, this is how the world runs sort of thing.
1: Mm. Not so much in, in in that regard, but for me, I guess my light bulb moment, if you want to call it that, was um, was just understanding how much happier I could be, how much less stressed I'd, I would um, feel and how much better I could be doing at life in general when I completely disregarded what anyone else thought of me and stopped doing things for other people and to try and fit in and to try and uh, seek other people's approval, I guess. So when I was younger, I was very much so worried about what other people thought. I very much so tried to do things to fit in things that weren't even really what I wanted to do, things that didn't put any thought to anything. I just was just a sheep. I just followed the crowd, did what everyone else did. Um, always thought that I needed to, yeah, like I said, fit in and please other people and impress other people. And then once I finally got to the point where I just couldn't give a shit anymore, I didn't care what anyone else thought of me. I didn't care whether people liked me or not. Um, I didn't care whether I failed or got rejected, whatever it was like once that, and there's always going to be some part of you, even though everyone said, like a lot of people say they don't care what people think. There's always a part of you that does. But once I really stepped away from that and, and that didn't become an issue for me anymore and it didn't become part of my decision-making process. Um, so, you know, worrying about what other people thought was not part of my decision-making process. That's when, for me, that's when life became fucking awesome. That's when I really started to see good results. That's when I started to be a lot happier. That's when I started to enjoy life a lot more as once I got to that point, because up until that point, yes, I, I was living a great life. I had a lot of fun and had good friends and all that type of shit, but looking back on it now, it was just, I wish I had have had that mentality from earlier on. I feel like, I feel like I would have enjoyed school a lot more. I feel like I, I would have probably been better at my sport when I was younger um, or maybe not even waste a lot of time doing certain things that necessarily I didn't necessarily even want to do. Um, yeah. So for me, once I really stopped giving a shit about what people thought of me, fuck, that's when it all, uh, that's when that was like my light bulb moment and, and things started to get enjoyable and, And I try and carry that with me to this day. Like I said, there is, to an extent, you will, you always will care to, to some degree. And I think it is important also to, to care um, deeply about what certain people think of you. Like you know, maybe loved ones or people that are close to you or people that you are um, directly affecting by what you do or don't do. But in saying that, um, there's just far too many people out there that are purely doing shit to impress others doesn't even make them happy or, or it's stressing them out doing certain things, but the only reason they're doing it is for other people. Um, when you start to, it's not selfish, but when you start to, to do things for yourself, you, you're a better person to be around. You actually have a better impact on those around you when you start doing things to please yourself.
0: And how old were you when you discovered to not give a shit?
1: Oh man! Not until like I start. I started getting a little bit better in like year twelve or end of year eleven. Oh, wow! And it wasn't. It wasn't until. Wasn't until. Maybe like the year after, like when I moved. Once I finished year twelve, that's when I was really like that. But well, up until that point, like pretty much my whole schooling years was always about trying to please others.
0: Jesus. Okay. And did you like not so much
1: you- please others, but worried about, you know, everything I was doing, I was consciously thinking about what other people I thinking about what other people thought of me. And I and just got to the point where I just couldn't give fuck anymore.
0: Did you read something or was someone like an inspiration for that? Or did you just take a like a step back and go, why the fuck? Do uh, you
1: know I can mean? not really remember, to be honest. Um, I'm really not too sure that something that did have a big impact on me, there was two books that had a massive impact on me. I'm trying to think though. I just don't, don't remember whether it was, at that time, or it would have been roughly around year 12 or maybe when I finished year 12, I read Robin Sharma's book, um, The Greatness Guide, mm-hmm. um, which was a game changer for me. That was like the first time I'd ever actually chosen to read a book um, and that was outside of school or whatever. And, and it was just a massive, had a huge impact on me. Um, and then the other one was Grant Cardone's 10X rule. I think that yep. one, the 10X rule by Grant Cardone was a, was a big one for me. Yeah.
0: I actually just picked that up like two weeks ago, so I'm keen to get into that.
1: Fantastic um, book, yeah.
0: All right, we'll get into the can of worms question. Do you think boys and girls are equal?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't see why not. Um, yeah, it's a pretty open-ended question. But, um, you know, for me, that's something that I've never really understood, uh, why people have an issue with it. Um, you know, gender, race, age, even, um, for me, it just makes no difference. I mean, I I can't see why people would, would, uh, would have an issue with it or, or or why people even concern themselves with the topic and and even putting any time and energy to it. Something that I'm big on as well is just not wasting time and energy on things that are outside of your control or that don't even concern you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, so for me, I mean, I'm just focused on myself, stay in my own lane, do whatever. If a female is doing, you know, Kind of, I think one one side of things I think is 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 pushing the line a little bit, crossing the line a little bit. I think particularly now, and and this is a pretty um, uh, I don't know pretty uh, open topic, I guess, but things like um, like transgender um, in the in the world of sport. Okay, yeah. so like you've got a, a male who has crossed over to become a female they've they're transgender they've they're they're now a female which is fine but if if that individual is able to compete competitively in um i don't know the exact sport or the exact athlete who it is but i know there's something going on at the moment or there's been a lot of talks around a male who is now a female um competing in the olympics in like weightlifting for example oh man i i just think uh (laughs) i think that's that's Mm, I, I don't know about that one. I mean, there's, there's gotta be some questions raised there. Um, not because the person wants to be female. That's all, that's all well and good. I have no issue with that at all. Um, obviously, but, um, when you're talking about female, someone who's been a female since birth, having to compete against someone who used to be a male and mm. is now a female. I mean, there's gotta be some question. I don't, I just don't understand how that works. Like there's gotta be, I think it's, it, there's gotta be some level of unfairness towards the, the female since birth in terms of hormones and, oh, and bone p- structure, muscle, all, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you can probably talk about there, but look, man, I, I really don't spend any time talking about stuff that I don't um, have much knowledge on or, or that yep. doesn't concern me. So it's not really something that I, uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't even usually talk about something like that. It just doesn't, doesn't bother me too much. Cause it's not, yeah, I, I'm in no position to really talk about it. So, yeah,
0: that's cool. Um, <laughs> What advantages do you believe you get as being a male though?
1: Again, uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, I, cause I, I can't speak from experience. I mean, Oh, I can from male, obviously, but yep. not from female. I don't know what disadvantages. I haven't been in a position where I've, I've felt like I've been at a disadvantage because I'm female because I've never been female obviously. Yep. So, I mean, you know, typically you see uh, a pretty big pay difference in certain um, industries, particularly in sport. Obviously, there's a there's a quite a big difference in in pay gaps, mm-hmm. um, I guess. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think there's also got to be a business side of the component as well. Like, um, again, I don't want to talk about too much because it doesn't really concern me and I don't have enough knowledge on it to make a, a, an opinion, have an opinion. But I would think if you're going to be looking at Say a professional sport, let's say, let's use the example of like the WNBA um, basketball. The athletes, you know, the the athletes in the female side, the WNBA, they're obviously at the top of their their field. They're, They're incredible athletes. They're the best of the best, which is why they're in the WNBA. From a business standpoint and a pay standpoint, the only way I can see how there would be a difference in pay for male to female is because of the amount of money that's gets generated by the NBA, the male side of things to allow the male athletes to be paid so much. So it's pretty, it's, it's not, it's not me having an opinion. It's just facts. More people watch NBA than they watch WNBA. So the money in the NBA is significantly more than WNBA. So I find it hard to see how the females will ever be able to be paid the same amount of money as the males from that standpoint from a business perspective it just doesn't make sense Yep. but aside from that i mean i just don't see how there's any difference like if you're talking in a corporate world for example a male and a female if the male if the female is better at the job then she should have the job and yep. she should get paid the same amount as what the male would have got vice versa the only thing i don't necessarily like is when you start handing out certain jobs or handing out certain positions purely because someone's male or female just to make things even and not to upset anyone or hurt anyone's feelings. If you're good enough for a certain position or a certain job or a certain task, you should receive that position regardless of whether you're male or female. Yep. If not, then it is what it is. Like you, it's just part of, it's part of life. Um, but like I said, I've never been in a position where I've missed out on something because of the fact that I'm a female. Cause I'm not, so I don't know how to, I don't know what that, that feeling would be like. I don't, I'm not too sure how to, to touch on that topic. Cause it just doesn't, it doesn't um, has nothing to do with me. So I'm not too sure.
0: No, nah, that's cool, man. All right. Um, what excites you?
1: What excites me is just opportunity, like understanding that every single day, like I can wake up and, and, and start to manifest certain things in my life that I want. I can start to put, I can put in the work and, and see results because of the, the effort that I put in. Um, and that a lot of you know what I want to achieve is largely up to me. So, for me, that's that's exciting. Like today's Monday. A lot of people fucking hate Mondays. I love it. I love waking up on a Monday and knowing that this week is just another opportunity for me to get closer towards where I want to be, and and to look at the week and understand how many how many different opportunities that I have this week to to get there or to move closer towards my goals. Um, but also, what excites me is is the ability to help other people use my experiences use my platform whatever platforms i have whether it be podcasting or social media or in person with clients and just help people um reach or 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 realize their their true potential i guess um but man there's plenty of stuff that that excites me you know spending time with good people excites me like i love spending time with friends my girlfriend traveling when we're able to travel like there's lots of things that that are exciting um yeah, I'm just super grateful to be able to do a, a lot of the things that I'm fortunate to do. Nice, nice.
0: Now, I have I have listened to um, your podcast, and I know that you had a pretty bad ankle injury. So this question, I mean, this could be the answer, but can you tell me about your biggest setback?
1: Yeah, I think it definitely would, be, would, have, would have been that one. At the time, that was the biggest setback for me. So I had a, an ankle reconstruction at the end of 2013, which was arguably... I was in the best position I'd ever been in basketball wise. So I'd got to a point where my basketball was going quite well. I felt really good. I'd put in a lot of work over a two year period since moving to Melbourne, had some, some cool opportunities had met some great people, I just had a good amount of momentum really with basketball Um, and had an ankle reconstruction, which ended up just, finishing my basketball career not necessarily because it physically had to like i could definitely come back and i've gone back and played some domestic basketball with mates and stuff but it was more so just the it was difficult i keep having issues with the ankle and then it probably also just made me realize that it wasn't i actually didn't want to keep playing anymore i got to the point where i I, i'd started my business obviously while i was doing rehab and realized how enjoyable it was to help other people, and and how much of a career I could make out of the health and fitness industry, and how much I loved it. And I'd probably just fallen out of love with the game of basketball by that point. I think I'd probably done it. Uh, I didn't realize that until I couldn't play, until I stopped. So like initially when I had my ankle reconstruction, I was a mess. Like I was like borderline depressed, just hated everything. I was just so frustrated and it was just, I didn't really know what the hell I was going to do. I was kind of lost. But then after a while, I like it was weird. I just didn't miss it. Initially, obviously it was more so just the thought of knowing that I wasn't going to be able to play, which was the the depressing and frustrating bit. But after a couple of months, I, I, when I realized I wasn't missing going to training, I wasn't missing playing. I missed playing a bit, but I wasn't missing all the hours that I'd been putting in for basketball. I was really enjoying going to the gym. I was really enjoying building a business and doing all these other things, which I hadn't been able to do because I was so consumed by basketball that, um, yeah, that was a big setback for me at the time. Um, but in hindsight, it's actually been the biggest blessing of my whole entire life because now it's set me down the path that I'm on now. And, and yeah, like if without it, I, who knows what, where I, what I'd be doing. I probably maybe I'd still be trying to make it in basketball and, and not being anywhere near as happy not being able to impact as many lives and maybe not being in a position I'm in now. So I'm not too sure, but yeah, at the time, that was the biggest setback.
0: Would you say, so the lesson, I guess, learning from that injury, would you say that not that you had all your eggs in one basket to be the basketball superstar, but you know, there are other things that you could work on and put your energy into to kick ass at. Would, would you say that's the lesson or what would you say would be, yeah. What did you learn most from that, that setback?
1: Um, yeah, for sure. I think probably, I mean, yes and no, like, I think to be successful it's something you have to go all in, um, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't do anything else or you shouldn't do anything else, but I still think that it's really important to, to be, to have the level of commitment that's necessary to achieve the success in the first place. But for me, it was probably, probably still not actually knowing like what I truly wanted. It was probably again, like just to the point where I was that far, I was that far into doing something that it was I really was doing something that I probably didn't love as much as what I thought I did just because it became a habit. And just because I wrapped my whole identity around being a basketballer. So there wasn't any other option really. It was like, I am a basketballer now. Like if I, if before the injury, if I had to say to myself, all right, what happens if I walk away from basketball today? Like I, in my head, I probably would have just thought I've got nothing else. Like I, I am. That's all. That's all I've got. But when I was forced to to do that, I realized that that just wasn't the case. Like, yep. um, I'd wrapped my whole identity around being a basketballer. Yeah.
0: Is there anything that keeps you up at night?
1: Um. To be honest, like, not really. I sleep pretty well. But the things that keep <laughs> me up, things that are the things that keep me up when I do struggle is probably more so when I get I try not to worry too much about things outside of my control like I said so anything in the past or in in the future is out of my control but the thing that does keep me up at night is probably worrying about not reaching my full potential or not achieving the goals that I've set out to myself so the stress and anxiety around not reaching the point where I want to be at um, which, which I can work myself up about a little bit every now and then, but I try not to put too much time and energy into things like that.
0: Is there anything that you genuinely don't understand? Plenty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's fucking heaps. There's so much I don't understand. Um, you know, I want to get a better understanding of uh, NFTs at the moment. I want to get a better understanding of the detail around NFTs, uh, the ins and outs, I guess, of blockchain and cryptocurrency and to, to further understand it, even want to get a better understanding around stocks and shares and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's some areas that I, I want to learn more about just so I know whether or not I do want to invest time and money into those things. Um, but yeah, there's plenty I don't understand. But in the end of the day as well, like there's a lot of things I don't understand which I don't have any interest in trying to understand because they yeah. just don't really mean anything to me. Um, but at the moment, those are a couple of things that I don't really understand, but I would like to learn more
0: about. Nice. I actually um, this question you've actually answered. It was the last question you answered on your episode three hundred of your your podcast. So I'm going to ask it again, which is, what is an unpopular opinion that you have?
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll touch on what I spoke about in the podcast. So um, I, I don't actually know whether it is unpopular, but I'm assuming it is. Otherwise, there wouldn't this whole situation wouldn't be a thing in the first place. But um, something that I I don't necessarily agree with is kids at a young age um, being uh, protected from losing. Yep. I guess that's probably a good way to put it. Um, so, you know, kids playing sport where there's no score kept, um, kids being given medals, even if they win or lose, kids being awarded, uh, or just being protected from knowing that they've actually lost or knowing that they've had a failure or knowing that they've had a setback, I can see why, that people, why people do it. I can see why that's a part of some kid's sport because of the fact that they want them to come back and play and they want them to be able to enjoy their sport not get too caught up in the fact that they won or lost and, and just to be able to learn the game of whatever they're playing and, and enjoy playing with their friends and, and get them coming back but at the same time there's got to be a point in time where i think it's just that's got to be pushed aside and kids need to be taught how to lose and win mm-hmm. so you need to be taught how to win and lose so you know if you're winning you need to be taught how to be a gracious winner and and to still learn from a win and 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 to celebrate properly and to recognize wins and all that type of shit but also you need to learn how to lose and how to deal with adversity because if you've been protected from that your whole childhood when you become an adult and life smacks you in the face and you've never had to deal with adversity before, I just think their response is going to be 10 times worse compared to if you're a young kid and you realize that you've just been fucking smashed in a game of basketball (laughs) or you've just done an athletics race and, and you're not that good at it. Like it's okay to not be good at, you're not, you're never going to be good at everything. So it's actually getting it. It's just about self-awareness. I think it's like, understanding when you've won or lost and and learning how to lose properly like if you lose it's it it's not the end of the world what can you take away from the loss what can we do better next time what can i go back and work on um is this something i even want to do self-aware enough to understand whether or not it's something that you enjoy or whether you're just doing it because your mum and dad want you to do it like what like what is it like self-awareness i think is super important and if you're always protected from losing and you've always you've always been told you're great at everything and there's going to come a point in time where that is not the case anymore. And I just think it's going to be a lot harder to deal with if you've never had to deal with it ever.
0: I agree. And I've also seen it like at school, you see the kids that are like elite and really, really good. And they get told to almost like um, dial it back a bit. So it's a bit more fair. And I think that's... on not damaging but it's unfair on the kid that's fucking awesome at something like why would you want that made me feel
1: bad about being good at something
0: yeah like what but think about those athletes it's not just it's the like majority of them like if there's that person that's good you want them to be great you don't want them to to fall in line and be average with all the other people so yeah Mm. i I think that's shit and i hate it as a teacher like especially like for example when we're playing dodgeball like it's just not fair like you have like because there's where i'm from this baseball (laughs) is pretty popular so you get like the baseballers all on one side and they're just absolutely trousing this other team. And they're like, oh, no, nah, we'll swap change." It's like, nah, man. Where are you from? I'm from Mount Gambier. So down South Australia. Oh, yeah. Have you I heard of the basketball
1: there. Sorry? I've played, played basketball there before.
0: Oh, yeah. Against the Oh, do you know Eric Burden? Easy? He's tallish. Doesn't sound familiar. Okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah, nah. Icehouse yeah. going off. Sick. Um, all <laughs> right. We've, we've got a couple more questions and then we're all done. So... What's the best compliment you've ever received?
1: Best compliment.
0: It's all right. You can feel like a dick when you answer this.
1: I don't know. I don't really take compliments that well. Um Best compliment. Probably I don't actually know, but don't know what the best one would be. But anything around um <clears throat> anything around like selflessness, I think is I take well, um, or I, I appreciate it cause it's something that I try and do. Um, I like to try and help other people and, and obviously take care of myself, but, but try and put other people, um, first and also, and always be willing to help other people and, and be in a position to, to help others. So, um, any compliment I get around being kind to others or, or being able to help other people, I uh, it's probably to me, it's probably the, the best compliment I can receive.
0: Nice what's the best tip that you know? So if there's just one thing that you could put on a billboard that has your name underneath, what do you Mm. wish it would say?
1: Mm. No one gives a shit. (laughs) I think it's a good one. Um, I think like, you know, people spend all this time worrying about what others think of them or use a really basic example, but this is pretty, pretty, uh, what do you use it? Uh, it's pretty fuck. I told you can't think of words. Um, <laughs> relevant. It's pretty relevant. Yeah. People will post a, a something on social media, right, and then think about what others are worried. What are the, what others are thinking about their post, or they didn't get many likes, or um, they look stupid in this photo, or they don't look. Well, they don't, It's not their best angle. All this type of stuff, and they spend all this time obsessing and thinking about. Geez, what is everyone thinking about? it? People are going to be blah blah blah. The sooner you realize that no one actually gives a shit about you and like no one actually like is sitting in there people have their own problems people, oh, gotcha. people are worried about themselves people people aren't spending their time it's all it's almost extremely selfish to actually sit there and think that someone gives that much of a fuck about you some stranger that they're going through your instagram looking at it going like fuck i can't believe i can't believe matt posted this photo and yeah. he looks like that or like you know what i mean like it's just it's just, it holds so many people back and it causes so much unnecessary stress and people obsess about this type of stuff and it's just so unnecessary. Like if you can understand that no one really cares, okay? And, and, and most of the time, a lot of things don't matter. And as soon as you can just get your head around that, you'll start to do more stuff, try more things, be better at certain things because you're not constantly scared about the result. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's about trying trying your hand at certain things. So yeah, it's pretty pretty uh, blunt but that's probably what i'd put
0: all right man i've got one more for you and then i know you've got a pretty busy schedule so i'll let you bounce if there's someone listening to this episode right now and you want them to take away one thing from our chat what would you want that to be the
1: one thing from our chat i think would to take away would just be that um It's just the, it's just trying to take away, like get rid of the fear of failure or rejection in anything, in anything. Cause so many more people would be trying certain things or so many more people would be much further along on their journey and their path. If they were willing to fail more often, failing is not a bad thing. Like obviously at the time it doesn't feel great. It's not going to, it's not great. It's not in the end of the day. It's not great, but in the long run in the, in the grand scheme of things the more times you fail the more likely it is that you're going to succeed if that makes any sense it sound doesn't sound right but it is most people that are successful have failed more times than you've even tried so if you want if you can the more times you can fail the more likely it is that eventually you'll succeed so just getting rid of the fear of failure and rejection will make your life a shitload better
0: man that was that was awesome all right, if you just want to um, plug your socials and just give uh, one last final shout out about who you are and where the people can find you, um, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, if you want to see any more of my content, just um, come check out my Instagram, which is at DJKFitness. And I've got a podcast called the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, which gets published to all podcasting platforms like iTunes and Spotify. So you can uh, feel free to come and check that out as well. Thanks for having Woo. me on, mate. Appreciate it.
0: Nah, man, no worries. Um, yeah, so if you like this episode, just take a screenshot, put it on your socials, and if anyone else there would like to have a chat, just chat, just send us a DM, and uh, I'm sure we can hook something up. Other than that, man, thanks for coming on.
1: Absolute pleasure. Cheers, mate.